this reward is an eternal reward. It is a reward that we will have in heaven. Some people will have these rewards, some people will not. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Serving Christ in Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jake Olson. Thank you for downloading and listening. I'm glad that you're here with us now. And today we're going to continue our journey through 1 Corinthians and applying this to our lives and also to our work and specifically to our work in healthcare. Now today we come to an interesting passage in my opinion, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. So I'm going to read that for you now from the ESV. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If this work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. This is an interesting passage. And I think it has a lot to teach us that we don't think about very often that I look forward to going through with you now. So I'm just going to walk through this passage and then we'll apply it to our lives and to our work afterwards. So at the beginning it says, Paul says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. This foundation that Paul's referring to is Jesus Christ. It says this later in chapter 11, no one can lay a foundation other than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation for all who are saved. We get that later on as well. If anyone has any other foundation other than Jesus Christ, which they're trying to stand upon for eternal life, for their salvation, it will fail them. Only Jesus Christ as the foundation will last. So when Paul says, like a skilled master, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Paul is talking about when he preached to the Corinthians. He shared the gospel. He told them about who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah that they were waiting for, that he is the only person in whom there is salvation and forgiveness of sins. That is Paul laying the foundation. He's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Now he says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. So Paul is making sure to say that it was the grace of God that is empowering him to do this. Sometimes Paul says things and we kind of think that maybe Paul is a little conceited because he says things that really emphasize his superiority in certain aspects. For example, here he says, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Now that would be conceited if it wasn't drawing attention to God and saying, anything good that I've done comes from God's grace. God is the one who has given me any ability to do anything that I am doing well. And Paul says this in other places. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, Paul says, 
By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So he says, yeah, I worked hard. Yeah, I have experiences in my past that led me to do some of these things well. I'm well educated. He acknowledges these things, and they're all true. But he says, though it was not I that brought these things to force upon others, brought these things to bear on my life and my life situation, it was God who did that. It was his grace in my life that enabled these things to happen. So Paul is saying, yes, he built, he built well. He shared the gospel with the Corinthians. He preached the good news of Jesus Christ, and he did a good job of it. And he's acknowledging that, but he is saying that it was God who empowered him and enabled him to do this. So it's not wrong for us to acknowledge that we are talented at certain things or we are skilled in certain things. But we want to make sure that the attention goes to God and that the glory goes to God, the credit goes to God, because we cannot make ourselves be good at something. If you have natural ability that was given to you, if you have the drive, the desire to practice something or to make yourself get better at something. That drive, that desire, the ability is from God. And so God deserves the credit. And it's not wrong for us to acknowledge that we're skilled in things. But we also acknowledge that that skill has been given to us by God. So Paul, like a skilled master builder, laid a foundation. The foundation was Jesus Christ and someone else is building upon it. So he's acknowledging that he's he's not doing all the work. He laid the foundation. Someone else is building upon it. Other people in the church. In our lives, for example, there's a lot of people building upon the foundation of Jesus in our hearts. Teachers, family, friends, pastors, leaders, all these people, they're all building upon the foundation in our hearts. And we also, in turn, are building on others' foundations. We're building upon them the foundation of Jesus Christ and others, we're building upon it in how we befriend people, how we teach people, how we lead them, how we are an influence in their lives. We're building upon the foundation that is already there. One important point I think we can take away from this is that it takes, as it were, a village to do something. The phrase says it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a large group of people to build something worthwhile in someone's life, on someone's heart, on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now remember, nothing will stand if the foundation is not Jesus. But for people who are trusting in Jesus Christ, it takes a lot of people to build a complete structure. And so we want to recognize that, that we, even if we have a small role in someone's life, a small measure of influence, that measure of influence is important. And it takes a bunch of people to invest into one person for them to grow and to build this structure that glorifies God. So the next sentence says, let each one take care how he builds upon it. So now he's saying to all of us again, take care how you are using your influence in people's lives. Are you building something that's going to last through the final day, which we see in a little bit here? Are we building something that's going to last through the fire? Are we building something that is God-honoring and will last into eternity? Or are we building something that is temporary, that 
only lives for this life, whose only purpose serves is in this life and not an eternal purpose. So when we are influencing other people, are we influencing them for eternity or are we influencing them only for this temporary life? That's what we want to think about. How are we influencing other people? How are we teaching them and leading them and befriending them and encouraging them and exhorting them? Is it for an eternal purpose or is it for a temporal purpose? Because those things that are being built for just this life and this world will be burned away at the last day, as we will see in a second. So let each one of you take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, again, what we said a little bit ago, Jesus Christ is the only foundation that can support anything that will last through the final day. And we know this, Jesus is the only name by which we can be saved. So Paul is emphasizing this. There is no other foundation than Jesus Christ. Next sentence. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. Pause there. So we have a variety of different things we can use to build a house. Which ones are good? Which ones are bad? Gold, good or bad? Good. Silver, good or bad? Good. Precious stones, good. Wood, well, I don't know. It's going to pass through fire, so I would say that wood is probably not great, but it's certainly better than the last two. Hay and straw, those will vanish in smoke, right? So we have a variety of different things we can use to build a house. He's using an illustration here to show what kind of building we can be building in people when we influence them, or that can be built in our hearts. Something that will either pass into eternity or will burn up at the end of this age. And we just finished talking about what some of those things might be. Things that are Christ-exalting, God-honoring, those will last. Things that are for this life only, self-exalting, those will not last. There's a quote that I've heard. I don't know who has said this, but it goes like this. It says, Just one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's, I think, the picture we're getting here. Only what's done for Christ will last into eternity. So, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. So the building that's being built in people's hearts, that will become known. It will become visible. And why will it become known? It will become known because that last day will reveal it. Because it will pass through fire. God will test it and reveal what kind of work it is. It says, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So which work survives? It's the work that is made of gold, silver, precious stones, these works that exalt Christ, that live and serve the purpose of eternity. Those are the works that will survive. If anyone has built on the foundation those kinds of things, he will receive a reward. We're going to come back to that in one second. The last verse of our passage says, If anyone's work is burned up, in other words, it's made of wood, hay, and straw, he will suffer loss. That loss is the loss of the reward that the first person just got, which we'll talk about in one second. He will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Why is that person still saved, even though he's got a building that his life has built 
that completely is burned up in the last day. It's because that person's foundation is still Jesus Christ. Remember, salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. It is not based on any works. Now, these buildings that we're building in our hearts, this analogy that this passage is using, it's about the things that we're doing. It's about how we're committing our lives to God. It's about how we are trying to honor him in every area of our lives, in our work, in healthcare, anywhere. And so, if anyone's work is burned up, in other words, this person did not serve Christ, did not do things to exalt the name of Christ in this life, even though he did not do those things, he still has the foundation of trusting in Jesus. Now, we could say that those who trust in Jesus will do good works. That's something the Bible teaches. When we have a relationship with God, we love him, we want to serve him and honor him, and therefore we do things that honor him. So this situation where someone is trusting in Jesus, but there's nothing coming as a result of that, this really shouldn't happen. But that's why it says here, he passes as through fire. So by the skin of his teeth is how he made it. None of us want to make it to heaven that way. And so let's not think of that as an option where we can have the foundation of Jesus, but then not do anything for his glory, that we can just believe in him and not serve him. That doesn't happen. So let's get back to the, he will receive a reward. Verse 14, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Question, when will he receive a reward? It will happen after the day, after the last day. The day is what discloses it and determines whether he will receive a reward. This reward is an eternal reward. It is a reward that we will have in heaven. Some people will have these rewards. Some people will not. The person that has them is the one who is built with these materials, such as gold, silver, precious stones, or we could say has done things in his life that exalt the glory of God, has served Christ with his life, with his or her life has done what would honor him. That person will receive rewards for what they've done, but the person who does not do these things, they will not get those rewards. There will be a variety of rewards in heaven. Some people have them, some people will not. It depends what we do in this life. Now I want to make something extremely clear so there's no confusion. We go to heaven based solely on our belief in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and the fact that he took the punishment for our sins in his body on the cross when he died and that in his resurrection he has perfect righteousness that he can give to us so that we might rise with him salvation depends only in that only in belief the things we do have nothing to do with that and this passage teaches that these people who have a foundation of jesus christ but all the work that they've done in their life is burned up it's garbage it's worthless they're still in heaven because they believed in jesus so, believing in Jesus only gets us to heaven, but the rewards that we have in heaven, our experience of heaven, is dependent on our works, the things we do here. The things we do here are very important. This is what Paul is trying to illustrate. The things we do, the good things, our service to others, our good works, they do not save us, but they are important to God. That's why God rewards them. He's trying to motivate us here. 
Now, some people might say, well, if I'm doing something to get a reward, does that take away from the fact that I should be doing it just because I love God? And the answer is, is that God motivates us a variety of ways. One of the ways is because we want to love him and honor him. That's the motivation. Another way is we don't want to be punished for wrongdoing. We don't want to suffer his wrath. That's a motivation. Another motivation is rewards. We will get something more. God promises this to us. Now, this would be wrong if this was my idea. If I came up with this and said, you know, I want something out of this other than God. So I'm going to do this to get that. It would be wrong if it was my idea, but it's not my idea. It's God's idea. And this is throughout scripture, the fact that there are rewards for things we do in this life that we will then receive in heaven. Now, I know there's probably some skepticism because it's not talked about very often, but I have a smattering of verses here to illustrate this point. I'm not going to read them, but I'll just give you the references if you want to look into this more. Proverbs 19:17, Ephesians 6, 8, Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. 2 Corinthians 5.10, Matthew 6, verses 1 through 6, Matthew 6.18, Matthew 10.41 through 42. Those are just a collection of verses that I assembled very quickly. There are many more, but those verses will serve to illustrate the point that we will, as believers, stand before God and he will look at what we've done with our lives. We're already in heaven. That's not a question of whether we're going to go to heaven or not, whether we're going to be with him forever. But as Romans 14, 12 says, each of us will give an account of himself to God. We will stand before God and tell him what we've done. And God wants that to motivate us. And for those who have honored God with their lives, there will be rewards for that. And those rewards are meant to motivate us. Just think about how important it is that we're trying to serve Christ in our lives to serve Christ in healthcare. That's the whole point of this podcast, serving Christ. God wants us to serve him in our jobs, in our workplaces, in healthcare. And he motivates us to do this. One way he motivates us is by saying there are rewards for this. So if you have questions about that, look at those verses. And I think they'll bring a lot of clarity to this. Now, one question that comes up also is if heaven is perfect, for everybody, then how is it that some people can have rewards and some people not? Then wouldn't one person's experience be more perfect than another's? And some analogies can help with this. One of them is a balloon. When you blow up a balloon, the balloon is full. But if I put more air in it, the balloon is still full, but it's bigger. It has a greater capacity to hold air. Both balloons are full. In heaven, you have two people, one person, their building burned up, nothing. They're a small balloon. They're full. They're completely enjoying God. The second person, their building did not burn up. They have a bigger balloon. They have a larger capacity to enjoy God. They have a larger capacity to experience the pleasures that he has to bestow on us in heaven. And I think that that capacity is where the difference will come in. Now, there will be other things that I don't know, that I can't think of, that only God knows. But these things are real, the differences are real, and God wants us to be motivated by them. So, a super interesting topic. Now let's apply this to our workplace. Number one, God's grace enables us to be a witness at work and also to work 
period. Paul's emphasizing this. Again, we talked about this earlier in verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. So all the work that we do, the skill that we have in work, no matter what field we're in, if we have some skill there, God's grace is what enables you to have that skill and to use it. So we want to recognize that. It doesn't come from ourselves. And yes, we work hard. Remember, Paul says he works harder than anybody. Though it is not him, but the grace of God that is with him. Our desire and our drive to improve and to grow is also from God. He enables us to do our work. He also enables our witness, as Paul is saying here. When Paul is talking specifically about sharing the gospel, God enables that. He enables our witness. So we need to rely and trust in him to work when we are sharing the gospel with people at work, when we are being an example to them of what it means to follow Christ. The second application is that it takes a community to make an impact. Now we talked about this a little bit where it says, let each one take care how he builds upon it and that someone else is building upon it. So we're all building upon other people. So we need to take care of how we're doing that. We all have an impact, even if it's small. And that brings us to the third application is we should take care to do our part, even if it is small, that we should take care to do it well. In healthcare, we're normally part of a team that's caring for people. And though our part in it may be small, we should take care to do it well. Because as a whole, we are building something. We can use the same analogy in healthcare. We're building something. This person, this person's health, their well-being, collectively as a healthcare team, we are building that. We're building into it. And even if our part is small, it takes all of us to do it. And so we need to take care to do it well. Number four, Jesus is the only foundation. We just need to remember this. When we are living for him, when we are at work, when we are serving him there, Jesus is the only foundation. We'll be tempted, especially if we do our job as well, we'll be tempted to pat ourselves on the back a little bit much. We'll be tempted to think of ourselves a little too highly. But we need to remember that Jesus is the foundation of everything. Everything we have is from him and for him. And so when we are tempted to be a little prideful, when our ego gets a little big, we need to remember that, that Jesus undergirds everything. Jesus is the only one we can stand on. We can't stand on our own ego. We can't stand on our own skill. It will fail us someday, but Jesus will never fail us. And finally, number five, our work in healthcare or wherever will be evaluated by God on the last day. This should be a huge motivation for us in our work, especially in healthcare where there are so many opportunities to lack integrity there are so many opportunities to cut corners, to not do our job well, to take it easy here and there. Our work will be evaluated by God on the last day. And if we are working in a God-honoring way, what we've built will stand. And we will be rewarded for it in a special way. If it does not stand, if our building is burned up in fire, if the work that we are doing in our healthcare field, whatever field it is, if our work done in our healthcare field is not God honoring, all that work that we've put in to create this building in ourselves will be burned up and it will be counted as nothing. 
So let's use that as a motivation. The rewards as a motivation. The fact that we will stand before God and give an account to him of the work that we've done in our jobs as a motivation. Thank you for listening to Serving Christ in Healthcare. If you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, I would love to hear from you, including things about what you like or don't like about the podcast. Please send them in to servingchristinhealthcare at gmail.com, servingchristinhealthcare at gmail.com. And if you wouldn't mind, if you enjoy listening to the podcast and you think that other like-minded people would enjoy it as well, please rate it on iTunes, put in a review. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless your work.